Hello and welcome to the Bubble Book Club, the fortnightly podcast where we interview a successful author and find out the inspiration behind their book. We also drill down into some of the core themes they've written about and talk about how they navigate parenting. At Bubble, we're passionate about books and book clubs. And let's face it, we haven't been going out to discuss anything interesting recently. So we wanted to give you an excuse to form your own book club with friends and then get those book clubs back off the ground. So join our book club journey and enjoy. Well, Clover, I'm really excited because you're actually taking part in an entirely new podcast. So we're doing a podcast called the Bubble Book Club. And our mission in life is to reinvigorate the whole concept of book clubs. Because I think in the last 12 months, obviously, people haven't really been going out. They've probably been reading at home, but they haven't necessarily been actually going out and talking about books. And so we're trying to encourage people to go out, choose a book that they like, and then it doesn't need to be with a massive herd of people. But if they can get a couple of friends around a nice table with a couple of drinks and bring back that whole idea of discussing books... Um, right. Yeah. Because I think yeah. we could all do, to be completely frank, I think we could all do with a little bit of a uh, a distraction from all of the things that are happening at the moment. From the rest of life. <laughs> so <laughs> I must. So I must welcome you, Clover Stroud, and I'm really happy to have you on today. And we're going to be talking about. I mean, you may feel that you've been talking about this book for quite a long time because I know that it's been out for a while. It's my wild and sleepless nights. Yes. Um. And. I think one of the reasons we've picked that particular book is it's, I mean, many of the people who are using Bubble and are, it's a, you know, it's a childcare app. So they are parents. So I think initially I just thought, you know what, this is a kind of book that so many parents and mothers in particular are going to be able to relate to. My first question really, and I don't even know if you can think back that far, is kind of thinking a little bit about what actually inspired you to write it? Um, so tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, so basically I was in my early 40s and I can never quite remember how old I was when I had my fifth. I think I was 41 and I just had my fifth child. My first child was born when I was 24 and, you know, I was holding this beautiful demanding newborn baby and feeling just as kind of overwhelmed and uh you know amazed and freaked out and scared and excited by motherhood as I had first done when I was 24 probably actually a bit more to be completely honest with you I I was finding you know because when you have a newborn maybe when you have your first one you don't know what lies ahead when you have your fifth one you know what lies ahead and you know it's going to be probably you know challenge you in lots of ways and I really wanted to read something that kind of connected me to what motherhood really felt like there was a lot on Instagram at that time about the kind of groovy kind of insta moms who were presenting an idea of motherhood that was all sort of fluorescent clothes and it didn't look anything like what my experience of motherhood was which was bloody and messy and tear-stained and exhausting that was quite inspiring I thought I want to describe what it really really feels like to have to have children and not just to have a baby or toddler but um because at the same time that I had this newborn baby my then uh 16 year old was kind of careering into adolescence basically and all of the joys and challenges and uh general you know 
indiscretions of uh, of an adolescent boy, which was which which was quite scary to have a newborn baby and an adolescent at the same time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start writing about this. And I used Instagram definitely as a way of like talking to other parents. And I and I was writing about quite kind of dark things. And I was writing about how hard I was finding it. I was writing about what my teenager was up to. Writing about what sex was like with my husband or no sex with my husband, what it was all like basically. And I thought Instagram was a useful place to say, Can I say this? Are the people feeling this? If I say, Sometimes, you know, I've got a newborn baby, I have intrusive thoughts that that I might throw the baby out the window or stab him. Is is that normal? And then you start talking to other people and it's like, yes, yeah, it is really, really normal. So it was that, um, quite a long answer, that it was that basically, the de- you know, the desire to, to describe it all, all of the kind of bloodiness and mess, but all the kind of glory of motherhood. So I took a kind of a year in my, you know, my in my newborn son's life whilst my teenage son was, he was expelled actually, when I was heavily pregnant with my youngest child. So it was all, it was very, very full on. And um, people have seemed to really, you know, they have really responded to that, the kind of real feeling of it. I think what I love about, one of the many things I love about it is that you're bringing to life this quite unique dynamic of having a a newborn Mm. and obviously having Mm. a teenager at the Mm. same time Mm. because your children are, like you said, you sort of became a mother at different points in your life. And one of the, (laughs) one of the slightly encouraging things and discouraging things is to realise that the parenting kind of journey just goes on into infinity because I think many people sort of say oh you know isn't it good you know once you get past the newborn phase you'll start mm. getting a bit more sleep and oh, once they're, they're toilet trained then you can mm. you know you can go out and you don't have to have all that nappies and wipes and stuff mm. and but then actually what you're saying is oh no once you get to 16 that's when the real adventures kind yes. of kick off <laughs> no definitely it goes it goes on and I mean he's 20 now and he's amazing and we went but we did go through a difficult stage where he was expelled and he was in you know adolescent trouble and I've written about it very very openly but it it does go on and and it is actually I have to say I do love him being 20 I do love the kind of almost adult child really as well and obviously I don't need I'm not worrying about him as much but I'm totally connected to him still I'm still I do worry about him and I'm you know working out his trying to help him work out his next moves and so on but it definitely is a long journey I think yeah I think we sort of think of we often think of motherhood as we associate it with the baby toddler stage but it is such a you know I mean you know this as well you've got an older child and a baby and that kind of feeling of it of it being you need to be so present for them for such a long time basically and yeah it's kind of exciting and exhausting and Terrible. I mean, sometimes I'm at the school gate now with my youngest who's in reception thinking, oh, my God, like I've still got the entire, entire school career of my youngest child to go through. How how much stamina have I actually got? (laughs) I know. And I mean, I think we've discussed that before. I mean, what's interesting about your experience is that you've had the experience of being a younger mother. Mm. And then being a sort of slightly older mother and then being a mother in the your 40s. Mother, yeah. And I, I, I wonder whether, you know, you talked a little bit about on Instagram. I mean, obviously Instagram didn't exist when you were in your 20s. No, um, no, no. And I know that you're very active. You do lots of lives on Instagram talking to authors um, and you do share the kind of reality of your everyday kind of parenting mm. do you think it's it's been quite helpful in a way to have that social media because the way you sort of referenced it at the beginning you said it can be 
if you, I suppose it really depends a bit on who you're following. It can yeah. feel a little bit perfect as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I also think there was, so I went onto Instagram in 2016 and that was kind of like the peak. And then without any mentioning any names, there was a fairly spectacular fall of the whole Instamum thing, you know? And I think since then people have kind of um, got a bit more real about it. Although I'm still amazed that, you know, that so many people do have accounts where everything looks neat or looks perfect or it's all got the same kind of aesthetic. And I do post a lot of stuff about my real life and there's always like, you know, piles of washing in the background or piles of Lego all over the floor. And people do seem to kind of respond to that. But I also try and write in a way that feels very real and very, very connected. So it's not just saying, oh God, you know, it's it's not like the gin o'clock thing as well. Although I do drink plenty of gin, it has to be said, but it's not, you know, there's, there's a line between it being like this perfect motherhood and then also the kind of real slapdash motherhood. And what I'm trying to do is to, to kind of present something which is well, it's what I feel about it. Obviously, it's always a bit. I mean, of course, it's is a bit edited. I mean, of course, it's heavy. Well, it is because you're not you know. going to obviously. You don't sort of. I, mean, I think even you when you're doing messy, it. it's still curated a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. you're not going to. But I think it's you know, and it can be. I think with a newborn, I think with a newborn, the mother of a newborn, I actually think Instagram could be quite a dangerous place because you spend so much time on your own. Yeah, I remember like um, breastfeeding Lester and sitting there scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I had had postnatal depression before. So with my third and fourth, so I was very aware of it and kind of very much working to keep it at bay. I think if you were a new mum, you could get into a place of quite kind of anxious, you know, comparison and so on. At the same time, it, it has connected me on, you know, in such a profound way to so many people. And they it is genuine connections that I have. And I like the art of it. I really like Instagram for the way you can combine a picture and a, you know, and, and, and some text. And I think it is, I don't know, I think the jury's always out on whether it's more harmful than, than good, basically. I mean, it's weird when I think about being a mother in my 20s. So that was in the early 2000s. I mean, there wasn't, there was barely even email at that point. <laughs> it was such a long time ago, basically. And it is a really, a really, really difficult, different thing. And sometimes I feel, you know, when you look at old photos from the 2000s and everything is not curated in any way whatsoever and you can feel a bit like oh it was just nice when you could just take a photo and it wasn't you know it was just a photo of what was going on and um, also you weren't sort of thinking when you were anywhere any location oh this would make a good selfie because <laughs> that's the worst thing isn't it you're kind of like oh I'm in a really nice location like even where we're recording this podcast we're in a really lovely room with a blue mm. background and I'm sort of thinking oh this would be a really good place to do some <laughs> yeah. really flattering selfies, whereas I'm not actually enjoying, you know, the place. Going back to the book a little bit, mm. what would you say are some of the kind of, we've talked a little bit about some of the themes that that sort of came up. I mean, mm. your writing is incredibly descriptive and evocative, and I think um, mothers will be able to kind of relate to it. Is there also the theme of kind of juggling your own identity and maintaining your identity? Because that's something yeah. that sort of came through for me was kind yeah. of that, 
that eternal kind of struggle between trying to care for children but also trying to maintain some sense of mm. self as well mm. no definitely I mean that is definitely a big part of it is like how do you do motherhood and be a good mom and be engaged and be present to your children and not just lose yourself completely and I very consciously wrote about my relationship with Pete my husband I wrote about what it was like starting work again and how that made me feel and how much I'd wanted to do it but then you know suddenly I was at a meeting in London I don't live in London and that kind of weird feeling of being split into pieces and not really knowing who you are like being on the tube and the baby's at home and the kind of sense of relief and anxiety combined together but I think that that's one of the hardest things things and it's um you know in the first in the beginning of motherhood when you've got a newborn baby it's, it's you can't really keep separate you are actually like literally physically a part of one another aren't you but for me doing stuff which for me is is writing basically that I that I know is kind of my creative outlet I suppose and a place where I can say anything really and I can kind of be somebody who's separate from who I am as a mother because that was one of the things I wrote about as a mother you're sort of expected to be like really patient and kind and neat and good at crafts and tidy and I'm none of those things basically but you have to be that person all the time and on the page I can kind of like in the same way that you can when you have sex for example you can like become somebody different you can become some the person that you were before or somebody who isn't like you know that the pressure of of being a of to to be a a mother that kind of fits in I suppose I'm really aware at the school gate that my daughter would like me to be I always feel like I'm failing I think this is a normal feeling but I'm always a bit late I haven't you know I, I always feel like I'm just not able to organize things as well as other people and I'm not able to do motherhood as well as other people and I know that she continually finds me a bit embarrassing but maybe that's just like part of the you know that's part of the experience many many people feel that I, I know suppose. it's it's it, you have that constant sense that you're failing mm. um, I my daughter had a sleepover um, I'm hoping that's actually COVID safe I, I think it, it is but she had a sleepover which she'd wanted to do it was her first ever one so she mm. had um, her best friend came and stayed over and the amount of sort of preparation I put into it um, mm. was remarkable but afterwards I became incredibly needy and I kept saying to her did you really enjoy oh, that was, it was good? that really <laughs> good was that good enough you know was it the best sleepover you've ever had you know did, was it definitely really good and, and she was actually quite nonplussed and then I got quite angry because I was like you don't know the amount of work <laughs> I put into that sleepover um, because I think I was almost expecting to get a badge of recognition mm. that I had I had achieved mm. very high level kind of because I'd been woken up about about 17 times in the night mm. um, and not lost my temper and mm. had provided sort of takeaway pizzas and all sorts of things. And it's just that thing where you never actually feel, I suppose you never actually do get the pat on the back. That's no. it, isn't it? Maybe no. that's why we feel like we're failing. Is that the case? Yeah, and also because we're dealing with so many things all the time like I feel like I'm rushing from one thing to another and I have exactly what you've just described as really familiar or birthday party you know and I and sometimes you know I'm not very good at doing things like organizing party bags I might give all the kids like a piece of cake and a little toy just sort of stuffed into their hand and I know my daughter would love me to, have little, to be able to organize little personalized party bags and I just I, I find that kind of thing really hard I'm not a very organized person I, I get through all the work and I I do do a lot so I guess I'm not completely disorganized but I don't do it kind of neatly and in a in a in a way you know that kind of 
One one of the bits that I write about in the book, which people absolutely loved, is when I talk about Topsy and Tim and how Topsy and Tim is like a really dangerous bit of propaganda because it makes motherhood look really, really easy. And the mother in Topsy and Tim never gets cross. You know, she's never like just inhaling an entire packet of biscuits in the kitchen in misery. She never shouts. She's never, she's always got like sort of neat hair. And the thing that gets me is when she puts the children to bed, <laughs> she goes in, she pats their bed, gives them a kiss, and then she turns the light out and they go to sleep, which is not my experience of putting my children to bed ever. It's more like a sort of hostage situation where they have to be tied to the bed. And I always find that and... it's quite comical, isn't it? Because I think um, it's kind of the first time you go up, it's kind of like, you know, I love you, I love you. And then the second time you go up, it's like, OK, I, I love you, I love you. And then by about the fifth time, it's kind of like, you've got to go to bed now because you're kind of losing it. And then, of course, immediately the guilt. Because you're like, oh, mm. I shouldn't have shouted. Um, mm. You know, I should have stayed calm. So what's this bubble thing? I keep hearing parents on WhatsApp chatting about it, but I haven't got a clue. Well, Bubble is the easy-to-use app that helps you find childcare and babysitters. Sounds a bit odd. It's, it's an app. So how does that work? Well, you just literally select your time and date, post a job, and then you'll see sitters in your area who are available. All sitters are fully verified and background checked. And you can also read reviews from fellow parents and arrange to have a chat or a cup of tea with your sitter, if you're nervous. There must be a catch. I mean, there's always a catch, right? Well, you do need to have a phone. Okay. And you do need to book somewhere to go out to? Well, yeah, I can, I can do both of those things. Apart from that, no catch. Hmm, so there's nothing to get hysterical about on WhatsApp? No, nothing at all. Great, I might just give that a whirl. Bubble. Get on the App Store and download the app. Book trusted childcare. It's really that simple. I think it's really important as mothers to communicate this so that we all feel like, you know, we are, that you, so that you don't, you, so that you know it's normal and you don't kind of chastise yourself as much as, as you might if you, if you think, you, you know, that you should be the Topsy and Tim mum. To know, I mean, I find bedtime so difficult. My sons are four and seven and they're just full on. They're two full on little boys who just run around naked and, you know, you've just made them supper and they want more food and it's absolute carnage every single night and it's completely exhausting. And to know, yeah, that's normal. That's, that I'm going through the same thing. I think is really, really helpful. And that's why, you know, writing about it, talking about it, talking about it on social media, it helps other people feel kind of a sense of camaraderie, I suppose. And I guess that's what's the kind the kind of reading the book, that is the sense that you get is kind of you're not you're not alone in this mm, kind of struggle. Mm, mm. Um and <laughs> there's a there's there's a support there because you kind of re you recognize those universal experiences and I feel it's almost like the antithesis of some of that kind of perfect parenting that mm. you've described mm. which mm. if we're completely honest it doesn't exist but it's just a facade it's something mm. that people are choosing to show because I'm sure that with um you know I'm thinking about those sort of stereotypes of the perfect mum there was always there's always going to be some fallout there's always going to be someone you know dropping the ball at some point yeah yeah definitely I don't think I mean we're human beings after all aren't we you can't um and I think actually underneath you know when you see the parents who look like they're have got it sorted I think everyone and I think being sympathetic to that fact as well as possible because it's very easy to sort of stand and think oh she's just so well organized and uh, you know and then you start feeling a bit resentful of the, the other parent who looks like they're doing it really well but actually I think underneath we're all kind of like struggling and it's always it's it's never as 
straightforward as it might look on the outside, basically. What about, just to wrap up, Clover, I'm interested in you as a reader, because you mm. strike me as being, you know, obviously this is, you know, this is a book club, so we're trying to sort of, I guess, I guess facilitate more reading of, of books mm. generally. Mm. When do you actually create time to read? And, and when is your, because I'm sort of thinking in your busy sort of family life, when do you do it? You know, it, it, the yeah. ideal kind of time for you, is it kind of sitting in a bath, propped up with in some the bath, candles? Yeah, I mean, I do love, I think having a bath is such a good thing to get into as a, it's just at the end of the day, it's amazing. And I would get into the bath, definitely. One of my daughters, my eight-year-old daughter still wants to get into the bath with me and finds it very difficult to sleep. So often like the lovely candles and book turns into a kind of giant spa session with my eight-year-old daughter in the bath as well. But, um, I read at night. I mean, it's so difficult because I'm also, I have my phone in my bedroom. I know that I shouldn't. I've been trying to buy an alarm clock for several years and I keep buying like a real little cheap, because if I get one which is plugs into the wall and then it's got buttons, like a, digi a digital one, the boys just come in and just play around on it and then it all gets reset and I can't manage it. So I bought one of those really, really small, like, Six ninety nine. <laughs> thinking I'm just going to have a really simple little alarm clock. The boys still come in, take the back off it, take the battery to go and put in their toy car. I can't seem to organise not having my phone in my bedroom because my because it's my alarm basically. So the thing is, is to put the phone down, you know, and read the book. Basically, it does make you feel so much better. I'm very very fast at reading. I can read. I could read a book in a in an evening probably yeah I can you know I can and some you know I have to read stuff for work I, I do know how to read really really fast but I think like trying to make that bit of time is um is a is a nice it is a really really nice thing and to get your head into a different space it's really really important and what are you reading at the moment so kind of what or what what book would you kind of recommend if you had your own sort of book club on the go what would you say oh this is a great read yeah so I I just read Lisa Tadeo's new novel so she wrote Three Women which is a non-fiction book a couple of years ago about um the kind of desire you know female desire and this is a very it is a is a novel and it's called Animal. It is very violent. I don't normally like reading violent books. I don't watch violent films at all. I don't like that having it in my head particularly. But it's um it's so well written that it it's kind of it's kind of worth it. And it's also I hate reading stuff where I feel like oh, I'm not really taken anywhere. You know, it's valuable the time to read, and so I want to read something that's going to really kind of set awake me up. I suppose. And uh, that's the thing that I've read most recently that that um, that has kind of I've found really, really extraordinary. I've just been sent um, on Earth. We're briefly gorgeous, which I'm looking forward to reading. I've heard really, really good things about that. Um, and I do read quite a bit of, of uh, nonfiction as well. And also, I mean, I I'm a writer and I in order to be able to write one of the things that I read is poetry. I read loads of poetry and that kind of it that fits in quite well with motherhood because you can quickly, you know, whip through a couple of poems basically. I know. I love that because you share poetry on your feed on Instagram and mm. then I often try and look it up to see who it is because mm. I don't feel like I'm very well educated with poetry but I love doing it for that you know reading it for that very reason that you can pick up a book mm. and read one poem and then yeah. go back on your phone and scroll again yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's not too demanding. Um, yeah. Well, listen, Clover, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. It's been thank a treat. You. And uh, we'll be sharing your, your book as well. So I'm hoping that everyone will read it who hasn't read it already. Great, um, I great. think it's great, sort of whatever age your children are and whatever stage you are in the kind of parenting journey, because you kind of talk about the challenges. Yeah, I think that's that's really true. Isn't, this isn't a book for newborn mothers or just the new mother. It's definitely for for anybody and, and much older people have read it and said oh it really reminds me of my children being small or people have read it who have got no children don't want to have children but said I just interested by it or um you know men have read it who don't have children and, and it's a kind of hopefully it's about being it's definitely about being a mother but there's a lot about being a woman in it as well but um I mean I love hearing from if anybody listens to this and they and they read it and they want to to send me a message on Instagram I absolutely love talking to people about it and I love knowing how it has impacted people's lives because a lot of people have, have messaged me saying it's really helped me to feel less alone or enjoy it more or connect to my husband and that's that's such a privilege so it's been lovely talking about it thank you very much Anneke well that's brilliant it. thanks a lot Clover Stroud Thanks for listening and tune in for our next episode in two weeks time. Also, follow us on Instagram at bubble underscore childcare and message us with your thoughts and any authors you'd love us to feature in the future. Also, share, like and leave a review. Here's to celebrating the return of going out and having our own book clubs.